So if you want to join me there, I'm going to read to you a few verses of Scripture. And as Luke has it posted up there, it just says this. It says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, now listen, there's two sets of hearers here. These two people, these two different kind of people go to the same church. They're both hearing Jesus. One's a doer, and then there's this person. And everyone that heareth these things of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Father in heaven, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give us wisdom as we walk through the Word together. Lord, this sermon has been preached many times, starting with You so many years ago on that Sermon on the Mount. And Lord, You left us with so many spiritual truths, so many things to cling to. Lord, give us wisdom to hear the Word and give us wisdom to apply the Word to our heart and to our life. And God, we ask this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord has been pressing upon me that in this church and in lots of people's lives, there is a need for stability. Man, if you don't have stability in your life, you don't have much at all. A person needs stability in order to live an effective life. In order to live a normal life, you need some sort of stability in your life. You need to know where you're at, and you need to know that you're standing. And you need to know that you're not going to fall. And you need to be able to trust what you're doing. You need to be able to trust where you're headed. You need to be able to trust everybody around you. You need to be able to trust people at your work. You need to be able to trust that people's got your back. You need stability in your life. What are you building on? In a life that's so unstable right now. I mean, it doesn't take a Rhodes Scholar to figure out something's wrong with the United States of America. I mean, I think we can all agree. Can we all say amen one, two, three? We can agree on that, that there's some stuff that's jacked up in the world today. And guess what? You're in it. And if you try to, to tie your stability in this world to the carnal things of this life, we talked about this a little bit, you're going to fall. So we're going to take a look and we're going to kind of pick this little bit of a, this little parable uh, apart. Jesus gives us this whole Sermon on the Mount and then He leaves us this parable right here. He leaves us with this in order to think about the words that He said. And He gives us two choices here. He gives us two hearers of the Word. Two types of hearers of the Word. One foolish, one wise. Which one are you? Is the question that we have to ask ourselves. I tell you, the older that you get, the more you see people fall, the fewer people you see succeed. 
I can tell you that in my life. That there is, the, the Bible even, even goes into this. It says, wide is the gate that enters into hell. Many in, enter in there at. But narrow is the way. Narrow is the gate that leads to everlasting life. And few there be that find it, brothers and sisters. That gives us a statistic spiritually that more people fall than more people make it. That's because we're so heavily tied into this world. Stability in your life. You need it. I felt like all of us needed to hear this, especially if someone amongst us that really, maybe your life is in turmoil. Sometimes life can be so extremely difficult. Like a roller coaster ride. I can remember the last one I was on like it killed me. I got to the top of that thing and I thought I was going to starve to death before we hit the bottom. And when we did, I was up high and then boom, the next thing you know, I was at the very bottom. Life can be that way. Ask these folks that's going through so many things in their life right now. The day before they got the news of whatever it was, they might have been okay. And then they got some kind of news and wham, the storm comes. This weather-related storm Jesus was speaking of in this, in this parable was not weather-related at all. It was a storm about life. He was just giving us an example. He was just giving us something to look at and, and understand by. There's all kinds of storms that the Scripture begins to, uh, to, to tell us about. All kinds of things. The, 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 the noticeable things, we're going to look at some of the comparable things a little bit. That there's two kinds of foundations. Okay? There's two kinds of foundations. One built on what was a rock and one built on what was sand. And let me tell you, the foundation of your structure determines the ability of that structure to be able to stand. That's the facts of the matter. When you're building a house, you don't start with the roof. You don't put the windows in. You don't throw your walls up. You start with the foundation. And you make sure that that foundation is able to support the structure and give it the stability it needs to be able to remain for the length of your life and then some. You don't build everything else first. We're really good about that right now. Put the cart before the horse kind of people. We like to have it now without building something first. It is not this way spiritually. We must build on Jesus Christ. If not, Satan will mow you down, brothers and sisters. You have to build the foundation first and then make sure that your structure is stable enough that it will be supported by that foundation. We all know better than that. But we like to, we're a microwave society. We want to put it in and get it right out. And a lot of times, we'll take them shortcuts we was talking about back there, brother. We'll take shortcuts to, make, to, to, to get something done faster. To get it done quicker. To get it done cheaper. To go the, 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 the easy way. Boy, you can see lots of those around here. And they're fell over from the winds that blow. The rock foundation represented Jesus Himself and the truths that He had been presenting on this blessed sermon that we got. And 
The biggest one of all is inner transformation. The sand spoke of the Pharisaic righteousness that the people were being taught back in that day. Stuff based on traditions. Do you know, when Jesus, I'll give you for example, when Jesus' disciples were walking through what the, the King James calls the cornfields, there was no such thing as corn back then, I hadn't discovered that yet. That was wheat. As they were walking through the fields, they were grabbing the heads of that stuff and putting it in their hands like this and, and blow the chaff off and then they'd eat it. And then these traditionalists, these religious people, said, look at how your disciples, they, they violate the traditions of the elders. They eat with unwashed hands. The tradition was like this. This was considered a cubit. And this was the tradition that they just came up with. They added it on to the Word of God. Sometimes preachers, sometimes churches, sometimes denominations add things on to the Word of God that should not be there to make it more difficult on you. That's a doctrine of demons is what that is. Anything that makes something more difficult for, for you to make it to Jesus Christ comes straight from the pit of hell. Jesus looked at them people and he said, you know what? You think more of your traditions than you do the Word of God. Right. They said this, that you had to 18 times had to wash from the tip of your finger to your elbow. Scrub, 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 scrub. 18 times on this one and this one too. Before you could eat. Boy, I've been defiling that one all kinds of times. You see me go into Golden Corral, boy, and it's elbows and arms everywhere without washing my hands. Jesus said, you make the Word of God of no effect in your life. Because you think more of traditions than the Word. Wow, what a smack in the face right from Jesus. You know what? That just, he had this way of just, boom, putting you right in your place. Those kind of traditions won't save you when the storms come. They don't give you stability in your life. Boy, you can get wrecked real quick in this life. Whether it's your children. Whether it's your health. Whether it's your finances. You want a skyscraper life. But you build it on a chicken coop foundation. You need something to support what you're doing. And the only one that can do that is Jesus Christ. I have found this out in my life. Trust Him. Allow Him to be your foundation. And you will be stable and no stability even when the storms come. Jesus says, I, pray, I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. That means when you're surrounded... King David, man, he was surrounded by people that wanted to kill him, to take the kingdom from him. And he could, Jesus was saying, listen, I can make you peaceful in the middle of all of that. I can give you stability. Mm. It's a fragile thing, this life that we're in. Imagine, well, before we go on and I pick apart this little parable. 
Imagine if we were all living back in the days of Moses. And we were performing the Passover for the first time. How many people in here understand what the Passover means? Right? The Passover was a Jewish festival. We used to practice those just, to, just so people could get it. Because everything in the Scripture points to Jesus. Everything. From the, from the, the festival of lights, the tabernacles, to the Passover. Everything points to the Messiah. We used to just do those so that people could <clears throat> get an understanding <clears throat> of what it was they were reading. And if you can imagine being in Egypt and Moses had declared this, this, this one terrible plague that was going to come, a storm, if you will, that was going to claim all the firstborn in the land. Could you imagine that night sitting there hearing the screams in the distance and the only thing that you had to protect yourself listen to this was the blood of the Lamb. Can you see the connection from the Old Testament to the New Testament pointing at Jesus Christ? You had to take the blood of the Lamb and apply it to the door of your home. Just like Jesus says, Behold, I stand at your heart's door. The Lamb wants to, wants to apply the blood to your heart. You see the connection. Could you imagine hearing the screams that night in all of Egypt as people were just dying? And this plague was coming through. And you were eating the bitter herbs representing the bitter bondage. Yeah. They were doing it in remembrance of the bondage that they'd been in. The harsh taskmasters that would scar the backs of those people building Pharaoh's cities. They were slaves. They were beaten. They were left for dead. It was bitter, bitter bondage. That represents the bondage of sin. Because sin will drive you, man. It'll beat you. It'll beat you on your back. It'll take your life. It'll take your will and leave you scarred forever. Whew, man, I can't wait for revival. Bless you, Lord. I'm going to jump all over this place. Man, sin will just beat you down. And you heard those people crying out, boy, as people was falling over dead, and the only thing you had was the blood of the Lamb. Boy, what a storm to go through that night of life. Wow. Going on to this parable, there are two men. The house in this, used in this context means the lives that both men wanted to build. There was two men who went to the same church and both wanted to build a life. We see house used in many different contexts in the Bible. House can mean life or family. The house of David wasn't speaking of his brick and mortar. 
It was speaking of his family. Or it could mean a church, the house of God. But in this particular context, it means your life. That's what we're all doing, isn't it? Tomorrow morning, most of y'all are going to get up, go to work to build your life. And in the process of that, you're going to have all kinds of storms happen to you. Interesting thing about these two men, they both heard Jesus' sayings One put his word into practice and one did not. Jesus concluded the Sermon on the Mount with this parable of these two men who had a lot of things in common. Like I said, they heard his word, they were building a house, and they both encountered a violent storm. And pretty much, this is where all that begins to end and go all kinds of different ways. One was wise, one was foolish. Wisdom is the ability and willingness to apply spiritual truth to your life circumstances. One had that ability. One wouldn't. One wanted to achieve it the easy way. One didn't mind putting the work in. One believed with all of his heart what Jesus had taught and what he had said. One didn't. Because if he did, he would have did it. I've always told people, you can say whatever you want to say, but you do what you believe. You're here this morning because... I believe, you believe in Jesus Christ. Therefore, you're building your life upon the rock. A storm in the Bible is adverse set of circumstances. When the Bible talks about a storm, it's talking about negative events entering into your life. And let me tell you, if they ain't happened yet, they're coming. Especially you as a believer. It is Satan's job to try to take from you what you're trying to build in Jesus. You see, he sees you completely different than you see yourself. He sees the image and likeness of God in you and wants to destroy it. People used to try to ask me these, you know, and I would put out this thing online and I would say, what does this Bible say about dot, dot, dot? Because I've always been the one to answer the hard questions. I don't care. Listen, I follow Jesus. I'm not limp-wristed and weak-kneed about things. I'll tell you straight. You are made in the image and likeness of Jesus. One person said, is it wrong to tattoo? I said, sure. I said, you are the church. The reason why the Scripture says that you shouldn't do that is because you're a church building. 
Imagine if you drove down the road, how much would it hurt your heart if you seen a skull and crossbones out on the front of Bigwood's church? Or a dancing naked lady? Or mom? That's what God sees, you see. People say, oh boy, I'm wearing a shirt around Pastor Jay. I ain't going to let him see that tattoo I got. Listen, we've all done things we shouldn't have done. I didn't say that to condemn anyone. But there are certain things in life that we have to adhere to or not adhere to. And as the, it shows us in the Scripture, you have the choice. To build on the rock takes faith, loyalty, determination, and commitment. That's what we need at Big Woods. People who's determined. People who's loyal, not to Jess or me, but to Jesus Christ. The Word of God. The mission of the Lord. Commitment, loyalty, determination. To build on the sand is to take the easier and cheaper way. The question is, how long do you want your house to stand? You see, he didn't think about that. How long do you want the cheap one that's going to fall down on you and crush you and crush your life, kill your family? Because if you build on anything other than Christ, the devil has got your number. How long do you want your house to stand? Like I said, you can't have a skyscraper with no foundation under it. Everybody wants a skyscraper life these days. More to worry about. More money in the bank. Bigger things. Bigger home. Bigger life. And you sign your, way, your life away for th the next 30, 40 years promising. Giving a, a promise, my mother used to say, is a debt unpaid. You're telling someone, I swear, I'm writing my name down. But for 30 years, I'm going to come to your doorstep and hand you over $2,000, $3,000, $5,000 a month. And I'm going to make sure I do it. I swear I'm going to do it. And let me tell you what that is. That's a target for the devil. Oh, you are, are you? Now let me see how many storms I can put in your life to make you fail. Because I know you're going to determine everything's good. If I can make your life fail, it'll pro probably make you quit coming to church. It's probably going to rob you of your faith. You're going to think Jesus has abandoned you and I'm going to send the most violent storm upon you. Because let's face it, in this life, you can't have anything without credit. Maybe some of you can. I never could. I had to sign in blood. Yep, I'll do it. And then here comes the devil. Try to destroy you. The trials of life will prove what foundation you have. It'll prove. Because you'll come up missing. Let me assure you of something. A wise man can be in a storm just like a fool can be in a storm. Which person you want to be in a storm with? Which church do you want to be in? A warm and fuzzy one that tells you how great you are and never preaches on sin or never preaches on consequence or never preaches the Word for that matter. 
The fool listens to Jesus just like the wise does. But they don't really take coming to church seriously. They they kind of, they're half-hearted about things and they really aren't totally committed to Christ. And the next thing you know, the storms of life come and you never see them again. Oh, listen. If I'd have brought with me every person I've seen saved, we'd have built 20 of these churches. Where they go? Storms claim them. Floods drowned them. Fires burned them up. That's what? That's what? One person was willing to put in the time and effort and the commitment. The other was not. I called Jess up the other day. We had them really bad windstorms. I said, well, did you and Miss Kay survive that? You and Mama Kay survived them big old winds? He said, well, what winds? Good house. Built on a great foundation. Never even heard the winds blowing. How about your house? What kind of house do you have? Everyone in this life, as I said, wants a big life. They want a big house. They want all that God can do for them. But what foundation do you have underneath of you? Are you in the storms of life? I've been in some that I was afraid was going to take my life. Let me assure you, the anchor holds in Jesus. The anchor holds in our Lord. No matter what blows upon you, He keeps it together. He will be the unseen guest, the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He will be right there walking in the fire with you, not letting you go into the furnace by yourself. But He will be right there with you in the flame, brother. Making sure that not one hair of your head is singed from the fire that Satan puts in your life. You know, the Bible says this, and I'll close. Experience. We have... Experience and hope. We have our faith. We have these trials that we go through. The Scripture makes a big deal about experience. And experience makes hope. What does that mean? It means this. God has never failed me. And the more experience I get at watching Him never fail me, the more that equates into hope. Because when the next trial comes, I'll look back at my experiences and say, God was right there with me. I have no reason to believe He would not be here now. I have experience in Christ. Maybe not as much as some of y'all. 
But in all my experiences, when I've been out on the proverbial limb, I've looked and there was Jesus hanging right there too. Saying, don't worry. I got you. Don't worry about this. I'll give you stability in your life. I'll give you a place to stand. I'll give you a, a ledge to hold on to. How about you? You on shaky ground. Your life unstable? Are you waiting for a phone call that you hope doesn't come? A lot of people are. Statistically, there should be someone in here who, who is. I hope not. Are you waiting? Is your life up in the air? Stand with me.